0: Ashley Brock here with the next book I'm going to do in the book series, and then I'm going to swing back to Diane Palmer. Uh, It's Laura Griffin's Tracer series. It's not the first book in the series, but it's the first one I own, and uh, so it's called Unforgivable Chapter One by Laura Griffin. Mia Voss needed a fix badly. On a normal day, she would have stood strong against the temptation, but nothing about today had been normal, starting with the fact that it was January 7th and ending with the fact that the first, for the first time in her life she'd actually been demoted. Her stomach clenched as she turned into the mini-mark parking lot and eased her white Jeep Wrangler into a space near the door. Her cheeks warmed at the still fresh memory of standing stiffly in her boss's office, gazing down as his weasel- at his weasel face, as he sat behind his desk, meeting, meting out criticism. At the time, she'd been stunned, speechless, too shocked to defend herself. Only now, six hours too late, did all of the perfect rejoiners come tumbling into her head. Medrick opened the door to the convenience store and made a bee line for the freezer section. If ever a night called for Ben and Jerry's, it was tonight. For the first Thursday night in months, she wasn't stuck at the lab. For the first Thursday night in years, the only item demanding her attention were a sappy chick flick, a cozy blanket, and a pint of butterfat. Tonight was for wallowing. Mia slid open the freezer door and plucked out a tub tub of super fudge chunk. She tucked it under her arm, then grabbed a print. Pint of chunky monkey as well. As long as she was sinning, why not sin big? The motto had gotten her into trouble on more than one occasion, but she continued to follow it. Dr. Voss. She jumped and whirled around. A bulky, baldy man in a brown overcoat stood behind her. He crouched down to pick up the curtain that had fallen, had rolled across the aisle, then stood and held it out to her. Good stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah, thanks. She stared at him and tried to place him. He was a cop, she knew that much, but he wasn't someone she'd been re- seen recently, and she couldn't pull a name from her memory banks. Not as good as pint chip, though. He dro- his drool smile made her look made him look grandfathery, my ma- my wife's favorite. She noticed a shopping basket, two pints of mint chocolate chip, and a six pack of beer. His gaze drifted down to her, her fur linen moccasins and bushy grey eyebrow living. Slumber party. For her quick trip to the store, Maya tucked her satin nightgown, nightshirt into jeans, pulled on a ratty cardigan, and slipped her feet into house shoes. She looked like an escapee from a mental ward, which of course meant that she'd bumped into a cop. She knew. Nothing like reinforcing that professional image. Yes, it was shaped beat up to be a banner career day. Maya forced her smile. More like movie night. She glanced at her watch and stepped toward the register. It's about to start, actually. i better. Don't let me keep you, he you nodded. Know. See you around, doc. Mia watched his reflection in the covex mirror as she paid for a grocery. He added a couple of frozen dinners to his basket and headed for the chips aisle. The name hit her as she pulled out of the parking lot Frank Hannigan, San Marcos PD. Why couldn't she have remembered it sooner? Something hard jabbed into her neck. Take a left at this light. Mia's head whipped around. Her chest convulsed. In the back seat was a man. He had a gun pointed right at her nose. Watch the road. She jerked her head around just in time to see the telephone pole looming in front of her. She yanked the wheel left and managed to stay on the street. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Her hands clutched the steering wheel in a desk grip. Her gaze flashed to the mirror and homed in on his gun. It was big and serious looking, and he held it rock steady in his gloved hand. Turn left. The command snapped her attention away from the weapon and back to him. Her brain numbly registered a description. Black-coated sweatshirt. Pulled tight around his face, navy bandana covering his nose and mouth, dark sunglasses. All she could see of the man behind the disguise was a thin strip of skin between the glasses and the bandana. He jammed the muscle of the pistol into her neck again. eyes ahead. She forced herself to comply. Her heart pounded wildly against her sternum, her stomach tightened. She realized she stopped breathing. She focused on drawing air into her lungs and unclenched her hand from the wheel so that she could shift gears and turn left. Where are we going? What does he want? Her mind flooded with terrifying possibilities as she hung a left and darted a gaze around looking for a police car, a fire truck, anything. This was a college town, and whatever action might be going on tonight was happening much closer to the campus. How is she going to get out of this? Cold sweat beaded along her hairline. Bowel rose in the back of her throat. The engine reached a high-pitched whine. She forgot to change gears. Her clammy hands slipped on the gear stiff as she switched into third. Thank she glanced around, desperately, for the streets were but the streets were quiet. The nearest open business was the Dairy Queen two blocks behind them. Syntax bank on your right, pull up to the drive-thru. Mia's breath pushed out. He wanted money? Tears of relief filled her eyes, but then quickly morphed into tears of panic, when she realized that his wanting money, money didn't really mean anything. He could still shoot her in the head and leave her on the side of the road. She, of all people, knew the amazingly cheap price of a human life. A wad of cash. A bag of crack. A pair of shoes. She could, de- she could be dead before the ATM even spat out the bills. The cold, hard muzzled gun rubbed against her cheek. Her breath hitched and her gaze went to the mirror. She remembered the police sketch of the Unabomber a man in a hooded sweatshirt and sunglasses who spent years on the FBI's ten most wanted list. Mia once met the artist who had drawn that sketch. As a forensic scientist at one of the world's top crime labs, Mia had connections in every conceivable area of law enforcement but at this minute and at this moment they were useless to her at this moment it was just her and this man alone in her car a gun pointed at her head stay calm make a plan she maneuvered the jeep up to the machine, nearly scraping the yellow concrete pillar on the left side of her car too late she realized she just ruined a potential escape route she closed her eyes and swallowed she thought of her mom. Whatever happened, May had to live through this. Her mother couldn't take another blow. Not on January 7th. She turned to face him with a renewed sense of determination. Or maybe it was adrenaline. Searching to ravine. How much do you want? She rolled the window down with one hand. While scoundering through her purse for a while. Five thousand. Five thousand? She turned to stare at him. She had that much yet in an IRA account somewhere. Her checking account was more in the neighborhood of five hundred. But she wanted more than... But she wanted more than anything not to tick this guy off. She go, I think my limit is three hundred. She tried to keep her voice steady, but it was wobbling all over the place. She turned to look at him, positioning her shoulders to the cam so the camera of the ATM could get a view into her car. Probably couldn't capture it from this angle, but it might capture the gun. I can do several transactions, she said. The barrel wrapped against her cheekbone. She would have a bruise tomorrow if she lived that long. She turned to the machine and with shaky fingers punched in her code and keyed in the amount. Three hundred was the most she could get. Could she get it twice? Had her cable bill cleared. Mia handed him the first batch of twenties. Chewed her lip as she waited for the second transaction to go through. Transaction declined. Her blood Turned eyes sounds ticked by as she waited for the man's response. Despite the sweat trickling down her spine, her breast formed a frosty cloud as she stared at the at the words flashing on the screen. That's it, stop, I'm dead. She reached a trembling hand out pulled her seat from the slot. She could make a break for it right here, except that her doors were pinned shut by the concrete pillars on either side of her. She could speed to the nearest well-populated area, which was Walmart, Walmart three blocks away. Could she get there before he shot her or wrestled the wheelway? Back on the highway. The command was so laced with annoyance, but not quite as much disappointment as she expected. She put the jeep in gear and turned to the highway. As she shifted, she glanced at the familiar Mardi Gras beads hanging from her rearview mirror. Somehow they steadied her. This was her car. She was in the driver's seat. She could control this. How about Sunbank? Her voice sounded like a croak. The bank was past Walmart. Maybe she could smear her into the lot and make a run for. Hang a left. His hands gripped the steering wheel. Her gaze met his in the mirror. She couldn't see his eyes, but she could read his intent. It was in his tone of voice, his body language. Perfect steady way he held that gun. Left on the highwayman out of town. He was going to kill her. End of chapter one.